You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this evening. And I just want to at least get started on, on a thought tonight that I think will be a help to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is where we're going to be tonight. And uh, we're back in our series on quieting a noisy soul. And uh, this is, inf- this is uh, content from a book or a, a study that Jim Berg did and, uh, and just was helpful to me. And, I, and so I'm, I'm kind of representing it um, so that it can be a help to you as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this is a chapter where Paul details how difficult his ministry life was. And when you, when you stop to think about what Paul dealt with in ministry and in life, it really is mind-blowing. I'm Just consider, let's stand together. I just want to read a couple verses um, and, and uh, then we'll get into it. Look, look at verse 8, for instance. He says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And, and we're not going to do an exhaustive study of all this, but I just want to point out that, that Paul had major pressure in his life. He had, he had you might, if you want to use today's word, Paul had a lot of stress. He had a lot of weight. He had a lot of pressure. But there was something about the way that Paul operated that he said, even though I'm troubled, I'm not distressed. Even though I'm perplexed, I'm not in despair. Even though I've been persecuted, I'm not forsaken. I've been, I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. And there's, there, there must be a difference between the way he approached life and the way that many of us approach life because in our culture, there doesn't have to be anything real, truly troubling for us to be cast down. There doesn't have to be danger to our body or to our lives for us to be in despair. Uh, there are a lot of people that, that have a lot of these, these anxious thoughts and these worries and, these, and the panic. And they're not, we're not facing the same kind of pressure that Paul did. And so how did he stand against the pressure? I, I mean, even back at ver, up in verse 1, he said, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. The idea is he said, I haven't lost heart. I, I'm, I'm not ready to throw in the towel. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Well, I think he gives us some help down in verse 16. Look what it says. For which cause we faint not. It's the same words as verse 1, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul had an ability to look not at what was right in front of him, not at the persecution, not at the, the difficulties. He was able to look past all those things 
and keep working for the Lord because he knew that as he worked for the Lord, he, there would be a reward in eternity for him. And, and it's easy for us to lose sight of what we're working for in the long term. We, we, get, we let these things, the pressure and the weight, weigh us down and we forget that there's something greater ahead. But that ability to look beyond what you see and feel and think about something that's true and real, that's what we need to get better at. May God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. I appreciate your standing. See, Paul's message is clear. The beliefs of his mind, the immaterial part of Paul, had great impact on the material part of Paul. What he thought, what he knew about God, was able to, he was able to override what his body felt. He was able, able to overcome what his emotions told him. A, a mind renewed by the Spirit of God with the truth of God is the only solution to guilt, anxiety, anger, and despair and fear. It, it's the only cure for a noisy soul. And so tonight I'd just like to look at a process that I believe Paul is revealing here to us and, and see how this works. You know, there's a lot of stress, uh, talk about stress these days. Lots of talk about stress. Stress is, is our, re, our response to pressure. And a lot of people will say that stress is both the cause and it's the effect. And that, you know, that's a real stress to me. But really stress is our response to the pressure. It's our response to the heaviness. It's our response to the weight. So here's some stress statistics for you from the last six months. 75% of Americans experienced moderate to high stress levels in the past month. 77% of people experience stress that affects their physical health. 73% of people have stress that impacts their mental health. 48% of people have trouble sleeping because of stress. Stress is the number one health concern. This is an interesting stat. Stress is the number one health concern of high school students. You know, we live in a world full of pressure. Just think about the pressure this week. You've got Russia invading Ukraine. And that's not, I don't believe that's an isolated thing. I believe it has worldwide implications. The world is watching what's happening uh, between Russia and Ukraine. And they're watching our response. They're watching Europe's response. And there are others, very much like Putin, who would take advantage of other countries if they feel like they could get away, from, away with it. Uh, we're in a place of high stress right now. It's a volatile moment in history. On a smaller scale, inflation is impacting everyone. So it's large scale and it's small scale. And you say inflation right now is not small scale to me. I, I was reading this week that, that the average family per month, based on inflation, per month the average family is spending almost $400 more on grocery, groceries, gas, and utilities. $400 more. I hope you're signed up to donate plasma or something because when you start thinking about those kind of bills, I mean, does that, is, does that induce stress in anybody else? I mean, you start trying to put those things together and figure those things out. Listen, there's a lot of pressure on us, but we need to understand the pressure. Um, pressure, one thing to understand about pressure is pressure is, it must be evaluated first in the mind. Okay, it's something that we need to process in the mind. And, and I've got some figures I, I'd like to show you tonight. 
Figure number one, um, I think is, yeah, we've got it here. So you've got figure number one. This is just, I just want you to kind of understand what's going on here. You've got these two beams going across. Just imagine this is like a bridge. You've got your mind and your body. Those represent the concrete floor or the concrete span of the bridge. And if you know anything about concrete, then you know that, that concrete is not just rock. That inside that concrete, there's something, what it, what's it called? The steel. It's called rebar, okay? And, and if you know anything about concrete, which I don't know a lot about concrete, I know that concrete is very durable, but it's not very flexible. It's not one of those things you can bend and shape and move, you know, t- to, to shape how you will. And so the steel, the steel rods, the rebar in the concrete allow concrete to be more flexible because concrete does have movement. Okay, if you're, if you're a sidewalk in South Dakota, I feel sorry for you. Because those extreme temperatures, um, the, the extreme swings, I mean, you see it in our sidewalks, in our approach, even right out here in front of the church. I mean, there are times when that lip coming into our building um, might require you to get on somebody's back to climb up it. And there are other times where it's just flat. I mean, that's how much movement goes on in the ground here. Well, there needs to be some flexibility in concrete, so they add a rebar. It helps it. Those two beams then across are called, we're going to just call the mind and the body. They're like the concrete. And both of them have reinforcing rods of discipline through there. Okay, so you've got your mind and your body. And you've got these reinforcing rods, which we're, and, you'll, and we'll try to explain it better as we go. But these rods are called, we'll just call those discipline. But you've got then also on top of the bridge, you've got pressures. Now, it's just one big box right now. And that's not very realistic because life is not just one pressure. There's lots of pressure. There are, lo- there are lots of boxes of pressure. But you notice how that pressure sitting on the mind and the body is causing it to sag. It's causing strain. And so the, the concrete is, is bending. It's, it's bowing under the pressure of, of life. And you see the sag and the beam, we're just calling that the strain. And so the question, and we're going to leave this up just so you can uh, think about it. But uh, the question tonight is then, how do you stand that pressure? Because that pressure is on all of our lives. And we've all got pressure that's, that's straining us, that's, that's causing us um, to, to feel the weight under it. And there's a process that has to take place if we're going to stand against the pressure. And the first thing is we need to evaluate the weight in our minds. And you say, what do you mean by that? Well, let's just assume that you get a utility bill for $250, okay? Now, last winter I just said, man, that's really high. This winter I'm like, okay, that's pretty reasonable. I mean, utilities have gone way up. So you get a $250 utility bill to pay for your power, your electricity. And so you go to your checkbook. People still have those, by the way. You go to your checkbook and, and you look at your balance after all your bills are paid. And you've got $7,500 of just spendable money in your checking account. First thing to understand is you probably have the wrong checkbook. Okay. No, the second thing to understand is that, is that that $250 still has to be paid. 
but when you pay it, it's not going to provide much weight or stress. It's not going to put you under very much pressure because you've got lots of extra money left. Now, let's run the same scenario and say this time, though, you've got a $250 utility bill. You go to your checkbook, and now you know you've got the right one because the balance is $50. And not only that, you have a couple of other checks that you've written that haven't cleared yet, and you don't get paid for two days. Anybody else's heart rate start going up because you've been there before? You've, you've been there, you understand what that feels like. See, that's a different scenario, but there's weight there. There's pressure now. You feel that because, because then how are, you, how are these things going to work out? That, that pressure, that weight starts to weigh on us. And the truth is, any problem in our lives, it must be first evaluated in our minds. And if our minds are not armed with the right set of truths, then our responses won't be accurate. And in a situation like that, where you don't have enough money for the month, then you may start to grow, go into despair. And, and listen, we talked for a few messages. We talked about knowing God and understanding truth because pressure is real. And if we don't evaluate the pressure that we face that through the lens of truth, then that pressure turns into noise. It becomes anxiety and fear and worry and anger and frustration and despair. And we must evaluate um, the pressure uh, through our minds, by our minds. But another truth to understand about pressure is persistent anxiety has negative effects on the body. It doesn't just affect our minds, it also affects our bodies. It, it, we, it, and we start to feel it physically. When you're constantly under duress, continuously worried or evaluating problems in your mind and coming up short over and over again, it affects you physically. Uh, you don't have money for a repair. You just got another project dumped on you at work and you're already behind. Or you have a doctor's appointment you're concerned about. Those kinds of things. When you don't take those concerns to God, it creates anxiety and it starts to weigh on our bodies. And look at figure one again. The first beam represents the mind. And if the mind is not handling the pressure, then the weight begins to affect the body. Muscular tension, headaches, insomnia, fatigue, loss of an appetite or overeating or heart palpitations. Uh, you've got all of these digestive issues I mean, these, these aren't my symptoms. These are symptoms science says happens when you've got too much stress and you've got too much anxiety. And not every time are those symptoms related to anxiety, but it's often that those symptoms are caused or aggravated by wrongly handled pressures. Whatever isn't properly handled by the mind is transferred to the body. And the negative effects of unresolved pressures on the mind and its emotions include things like depression, boredom, listlessness, dullness, a lack of interest, irritability, moodiness. Okay, now we know the reason why we wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes. Phobias, which are irrational fears. And you say, well, pastor, why are you talking about these things? These things don't affect us. I'm not sure you're, you're paying very close attention. Uh, Anxiety-related disorders like panic attacks, compulsive disorders, and uh, behavior like perfectionism, 
eating disorders. And listen, I'm talking about some serious things like self-mutilation, self-harm. You know, that's an epidemic among, especially among young ladies in our country. And I wish I could say it more passionately to us tonight because I hope that you're getting it. These things are having an impact on our young people. They're feeling the pressure. Be on the lookout for these things. I mean, these, these are all uh, effects of anxiety. And, and, and the science says you deal with these things. When your mind isn't handling the pressure well, this is what your body does. But another truth about, about anxiety and about stress and pressure is a disciplined mind and body have, the, have a greater ability to withstand the pressure with fewer negative effects on the mind and body. And, and I'll explain this way. Um, I, for a number of years, taught a, on a, uh, at a Bible college. So, you know, it was college level. It wasn't, you know, my teaching wasn't university level, okay? But it was college level. And these kids would come in, and many of them, for the first time, they're sitting, I mean, many of them even would be homeschooled. And for the first time, some of them sitting in a classroom. And, and, and I'm giving them a syllabus for a class, and they're getting a syllabus for another class the next hour, and another class, and then the next day they get two more, and then the next day they get a few more. And, by the, and, and I've watched young people, uh, first time in college, and they're looking at this syllabus and all these projects, and this syllabus and all these projects, and they're starting to put these things down. Um, some of them very methodically go through and they say, this is due on this date, so I better get started on this date. They put it on their calendar. I mean, some of them, are real, they handle it really well. And, and they're, they're, they're lining it out and they're, they're working you know, methodically through what they've got due. And then you have other students, they're not handling it very well. And they're saying, ah, this is impossible. I'm never going to be able to get all this done. And for the first time in their lives, I mean, they, you know, they're, they're thinking about, I have to work this many hours to pay my school bill, but I've also got to have this, have this much time to do my homework. Has anybody ever been there? Do you remember what it was like? Maybe, maybe you put college out of your mind, but that was what college felt like for me too. You, they, and some of them fall apart. The weight of the pressure makes them fold because they don't have the mental discipline that it takes to make the difference. And it's like the rebar and the concrete is missing. But a disciplined mind approaches pressure with purpose and structure. It provides, and that provides a measure of endurance. A disciplined body is healthier because it receives adequate and consistent nutrition and rest and exercise. That helps with endurance too. Listen, we must be good stewards of our minds and our bodies if we're going to handle the pressures of life. You know, and... You know, winters aren't always easy on the body, on physical health. I mean, it's, it gets cold and, and it's easy to get lethargic and complacent, and, but our bodies need exercise. Our bodies need rest. Our bodies need nutrition. Too many Americans are falling apart. And I, I don't know, you know, if this doesn't seem all that important to you, but I'm telling you, like if we don't take care of our bodies, what vessel, in what vessel are we going to serve the Lord? God never intended, though, for man to handle the pressures of life on his own. 
You know, this is true. Uh, even if your mind and your body are disciplined um, to the highest possible human level. The Bible says, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know that Jesus never intended for us to handle life just by the bread. By our physical strength. Uh, he said in John 15, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. God never intended for us to live life on our own without his help. Notice again in, figure, in this figure here, even though there's a, lot of, there's a disciplined mind and there's a disciplined body, there's still a lot of sag. Because we're not intended to handle the pressure of life without God. There's always strain without God. Discipline of mind and body alone are helpful, but they're never enough to handle life's demands adequately. Most people don't adequately discipline their bodies and they're selective in the areas of life which they maintain disciplined mental processes. So it's possible, and I'll explain it on the next figure here, it's possible to live lives that are productive in some areas but have failure in other areas and it produces all kinds of pressure. Look at this next part. You've still got, now you've got the pressures listed out. You've got marriage pressures, work pressures, church, children, hobby, garden, uh, you know, just fun things, and then you've got relatives. I have no idea how relatives got in there, but <laughs> those are pressures. But I want you to notice the selective mental discipline. See, there are certain things in life that we don't have trouble being disciplined about. The things that we enjoy we're good at being disciplined. If you love your job, you're not going to have trouble being disciplined about work. If you, and if you, your hobbies, if, you're, if you have hobbies and you like gardening, you're not going to have a tough time being disciplined about those things. But the things that aren't as fun, like, you know, maybe marriage is a lot of work. And there's no maybe about that one, by the way. It's a lot of work. And if you don't have discipline in your mind and body uh, for your marriage, that pressure is going to start to sag. If you go over to church and maybe you've got, uh, you don't have discipline in your church roles and instead of discipline, you've got fear. Maybe you've been asked to teach a class. Anybody ever remember the first time you ever taught a full-length class and, and the stress that that puts you under? Yeah, well, if you're not disciplined in that area, it will, it, it'll start to weigh on you. You got the area of children. Maybe your children aren't doing real well. And they're not very disciplined. You don't really know where to go or what to do or where to start. By the way, I just say look around. We've got a lot of have parents that have raised children at Eastside Baptist Church. And, and they can help you with some of these things. And I look around and I, I mean, to be honest, I, there are children that need discipline at Eastside Baptist Church. And it, it, and it wouldn't hurt you to ask somebody, Pastor, what did you do when your kids were little and they were doing this? We've been through it. I know our kids aren't raised, um, but, but there's some help to be found, by the way. But some people, some parents just pack it in. They throw in the towel and they say, you know, I don't, I, they, don't, they selectively don't have discipline in those areas because they're harder 
uh, maybe with relatives. You, you haven't gotten along with a relative or, uh, or an in-law. And, and so, you, you know, it's not really something you want to work out, so you don't. And he starts to sag in these areas. Unfortunately, this is how many of our lives look. And that the pressure is weighing us down. And in the areas that we enjoy, we're doing fine. But we have selective discipline. You know, some, some people have no discipline in one area like finances, but they're very disciplined in exercise. Because they don't like numbers, but they like working out. You know what it reveals? It reveals that you can be disciplined. You just have to decide to apply the same discipline to the things that you like as you do the things that you may not like but are still just as important, like your finances. And so we have selective discipline. And, and, and because we don't have uh, discipline in every area, we, our body is feeling the weight of it. So how do we handle the pressure? Well, I think one of the first things we can do is eliminate the pressure God does not doesn't not intend for you to bear. For instance, for, eliminate sin and its effects on your life. You know, no wonder, you could take this figure off, we'll go to the next one in a minute. But, you know, no wonder so many of God's people are affected um, in, their, in their Christian lives. Because, you know, uh, Hebrews says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. But I think we probably, uh, are, are, we, we probably have sin in our lives that we allow to linger that we don't even realize is there. And, there's, and it's no wonder um, that we're not doing all we can for God because we're not clean before God. And, and, I, and I know that's old-fashioned preaching, um, but we can't be what we're supposed to be if we have sin in our lives. And sometimes people come and they say, how do I eliminate the pressure I'm feeling? Well, you can start by getting right with God. You know, that, that's the effects of sin in your life. By the way, you think, well, that's just really harsh that God would do that. No, listen, sin destroys you. The fact that you feel conviction is God's way of showing you mercy. He doesn't want the sin to stay in your life. He wants you to confess it and lay it aside and get it right. And listen, we have churches full of people, especially in this culture, um, that are, are full of the wrong kinds of sin. All sin is wrong but full of sin that is affecting their spiritual lives. I was talking about it with somebody today, and I mean, on your phone now, for free, you can look at things that you would have had to go into a store to buy 20 years ago. And I have a mind uh, in, in, in our church, when the time is right, I have a mind that Every man in our church, every man in leadership, but every man especially, goes through some curriculum to make sure that we are pure before God. Because our, our young, by the way, our boys, I mean, I can't tell you what, at what age they're old enough to have a phone, but I would say that far too many of them have access to it way too early. And we've got to be careful of this because I think we are limiting our, God's usefulness of each of us with sin that we allow to linger. That conviction that's weighing on you, though, by the way, is God's way of saying, I want you back. Confess that sin and get it right. Eliminate the things you shouldn't be carrying. But also, maybe there may be some that need to eliminate responsibilities that you've assumed outside of the will of God. Listen, there's a lot of 
a lot of care and a lot of, act, a lot of concern and a lot of burdens that come from activities that we're involved in in life. And we've accepted so many positions and we've got this going on here and this going on there and we're busy and there's never really any time. I'm telling you, there, there may be some people in here, the pressure that you're feeling is because you need to let go of some things that you've assumed that, that aren't helping you and you're not, you're not really fulfilling those responsibilities well anyway. It may be time to release some things and you say, but I just can't say no to people. You know, the art of saying no is a lost art. And I don't mean saying no in a mean way. I don't need, mean saying no with unkindness. I mean, you have to come to the point um, where you are less concerned about pleasing people than you are doing what's right for your life before God. And there are those of us who are people pleasers and we want everyone to be happy with us. We want everyone to like us. So we say yes to everything, and I'm telling you, you're burdened down with it. You can't hardly take steps because you're carrying these loads that God probably doesn't even really intend for you to carry. And by the way, that same mentality is being transferred to the next generation. We've got them in Little League, we've got them working early, we've got them in, in school, we've got them in every sport, we've got them in all the extracurricular activities, we've got them running around and running around, and they're overloaded too. It's time to maybe release some things that God doesn't want you to have. And if, if nothing else, then one thing, one way to withstand the pressure is you've got to reinforce the beams. The mind and the body have got to be reinforced if you want to withstand the weight of the pressures that you bear in the will of God. Well, how? Well, I mean, let's just think about your, your body. A disciplined body, it's It's helpful. You need rest. You need nutritious, a nutritious diet. You need good exercise. You know, Mayo Clinic says that adults require over seven hours of sleep a night. How many of you get seven hours of sleep a night? Hey, Anna walks. She's proud of it, too. I get seven hours of sleep. You know what? There, there's not enough of us raising our hand for sleep when it comes to sleep. And I'm not saying be lazy. You know, it increases the younger you get. You say, I can function on four hours of sleep. And to that I say, no, you can't. And maybe you, maybe you think you can, and maybe you do, but it's not good for you. And I can be, I can be a night owl. I mean, I like to hang out when it, sometimes when it gets dark. I mean, for some reason I'm awake and I get some good study and my mind is racing. But if I want to be a good steward of my body, I need to turn off my phone and I need to stay away from caffeine and I need to start winding down early so I can be effective for the, the next day for God. Too many of us staying up half the night. And if you're staying up on video games half the night, that's a whole, whole nother message I'm going to preach later, okay? I do want to say, if you fall asleep every time you sit down, you're sleep deprived. You say, well, that's really bold preaching. Um, well, when, when you preach to as many sleepers as I... No, I'm not going to say that, okay. <laughs> I don't want to make too big of an issue out of it because I don't want you to think it's about preaching. But I get concerned when I consider some people the struggle they have to stay awake. 
And it's not about, it's, this is not a personal offense. And, and I mean, I'm, not, I'm concerned because it means you're not sleeping enough. And you say, well, pastor, I know I struggle. Bear with me. It's not, you know. No, my concern is not that you're sleeping through messages. Although I do think there are times where you're going to miss something that God wants for you. But my concern is your long-term health. Because bad sleep carries all kinds of negative health problems. You need adequate rest. When we don't eat or exercise properly, it creates a lot of problems we're not meant to have. And if a renewed body is helpful, a renewed mind is essential. You don't just need a renewed body. And some people, they're imbalanced because they're all about exercise and they're all about nutrition and they're all about rest, but there's not renewal of the mind going on. Paul said a renewed mind is how we're transformed. A renewed mind uh, possesses a Bible-taught and spirit-illuminated belief that God is more than enough for me. That's the truth we need to come to. Look at this last figure here, number three. This is how it's supposed to look. You see, you've got a renewed mind, and it's a thicker white border because Paul wanted us to know that the renewal of his mind was more important than the renewal of his body. Uh, it, was, it was more significant, although both of them are important. They're both reinforced. But you see all those pressures. There's discipline applied in every area. There's a disciplined body and a disciplined mind in marriage in the same way as there is in work. And by the way, that can be very imbalanced in a lot of marriages. Because we got husbands that, that give themselves to their job and their career but they're not putting a lot of effort into their marriage. And we need, we're supposed to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. And listen, if one is supposed to take precedence, man, I would say your marriage should be your priority. So the same amount of discipline in mind and body goes into marriage as, as work, and church as much as work, and children as much as your hobbies, and your garden and your, your relatives and your relationships. That's the way it's supposed to work. That a disciplined mind and body affects every area of our lives. A renewed mind filled with truth carries the bulk of the load. But a disciplined body is there to help support it. Both are required. And notice there's no sag. There's no strain because according to Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. So even though his body wanted to sag under the weight of the pressures he faced, his renewed mind was strong enough to keep him up there. The reason you are folding under the pressure is because you lack a daily disciplined renewal of your mind and or a daily disciplined routine for your body. And you say, well, this is really practical stuff. Well, yeah, sometimes we need to be reminded. It's not that the pressure is worse for you than it used to be. It's not that you have it worse than everybody else. It's not that your personality just doesn't allow you to handle it. No, it's because you're missing the daily renewal of both mind and body that is required to withstand the pressure. Whatever pressure God allows, he also provides protection so that it doesn't have to destroy us. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that again. Whatever pressure God allows, he also provides protection so that it doesn't destroy us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 talks about those temptations that we face and there's no temptation um, that we face that God doesn't give us the resource to help us with. 
you know, that protection from what we, is from what we know about God. It's truth. And that truth is the renew, where the renewal of our mind comes from. And we need re, to be reminded of truths like we heard tonight. About what, like what Amy said is that God is always great. Always. But he's also always good. Always. And God is good enough. And his gifts are good enough for me. We need, re, we need reminders that God is always present with me. Always. We need the daily renewed uh, mind that comes from the truths that we know. That, that these things about God are what support us when the pressure gets heavy. You know, discipline is helpful, but a renewed mind is essential. How strongly that we stand has everything to do with the truth that we tell ourselves when we face that pressure. And I don't mean that every situation has obvious good in it. I mean, there, there are some people and they're so optimistic that, I mean, they're looking for good in everything. There may be some situations that you face you may not be able to look at and say, that's the good that can come from this. But what you have to remind yourself of is, that doesn't matter if you see the good. The truth is God is always good. And whether or not I see it, whether or not it becomes clear, whether or not it becomes obvious, I have to know that God is always good. And those are the kinds of truths that renew our minds. Hang on to what you know is true. That's the key to the renewed mind. Listen, are the pressures of life, are they feeling heavy? You feel like you're about to crack under the weight? Well, just like the rebar, the steel in concrete, you need something to reinforce you. And you can take, you can take that down, Brother Tim. If you don't have the reinforcement of a disciplined mind and body, the pressures are going to break your bridge in half. Do you feel like you don't have the strength to, to stand? Well, have you been practicing the keys? A disciplined mind... And that you operate by truth, not emotion. And a disciplined body, and that you get rest, and you eat right, and you exercise. And I wanted to spend more time on that because, listen, you know, the Bible talks very often about the vessel that we have. The body that we have. And it's in our bodies that we serve God. And, and you may be reading lots of books and you may be taking good care of yourself intellectually or mentally or stimulating that and you may have a good renewed mind but if you're, not, if you're not having a discipline in your body your mind will keep going and your body won't. We need these things to help support us as we withstand the pressure because it gets heavy and heavier and heavier. And the mind and the body will help support you as we withstand the pressure. But they're really just helpful. Your renewed mind, that's the essential part. And you must in a structured and consistent, and might I even say daily, because that's what Paul said. He said the inward man is renewed how often? Day by day. So when I asked you earlier you know, what God has been doing in your daily Bible reading, in some ways I was, I was setting us up. Because if you didn't have anything to say, I mean, maybe there wasn't anything significant, and I get that, but I, but I wonder for how many of us we didn't have something to say because we don't have a daily renewal of our mind. We don't have a, a daily routine. When it comes to, to reinvigorating ourselves with truth and re, re, um, 
reestablishing our foundation, supporting ourselves through daily mind, mind, the discipline of the mind, saturation of God's word. That's what Paul said helped him. And his pressures were far greater than mine. So what will you do tomorrow based on what you've heard tonight? If no discipline and no renewal happens, you will soon fold under the pressure. So I'm just encouraging you tonight. I know it's very practical, but why don't you make a plan to practice discipline and renewal starting tomorrow. And then don't skip it until next Thursday. Say, you know what? Paul said day by day. So that means I need to get on some kind of routine for my mind and my body every day. And, I, and, and it is so important to me to stand against the pressure because it's so heavy that I can't even afford to miss it. Listen, this is not about legalism. This is not about being a Pharisee. This is about taking a Bible principle and saying, listen, the pressure is real for all of us. And I have felt what it's like to feel that bridge about to crack. And I don't want to be there again. So I know the pressure is real and the pressure is coming. So I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to have a disciplined mind and a disciplined body. Not because those are the answers, but because they support that renewed mind. And I need both of those things in my daily walk with God. How has your daily renewal of mind been going? Listen, the pressure is not going to ease up. The pressure is not going to get easier. It's not going to suddenly go away sometime. It's going to continue. It's going to be strong. And in this culture, it's probably going to get worse for people like us. So when that happens, if we're going to stand against it, we better be people that have disciplined minds and bodies and have a practice of daily mind renewal. That's the way Paul did it. And to me, that seems like a pretty good way for us as well. Let's stand together. We'll, we'll bow before the Lord and have a verse of invitation. And I know there are weaknesses in the delivery. And, and I, I know that there are times where I, you know, I, I obviously need to present things more clearly. But I'm telling you, this is a foundational truth for your Christian life. And maybe there's some sobriety here tonight. Maybe you're tired. But I, I think those are the servants that, that maybe the, Satan doesn't want you to get because he knows how important this is to you. And he knows the pressure that lays around the corner that lies around the corner for you. He knows what's coming. And if you don't make a decision to have a daily renewal of body and mind, you will fold under this pressure, I'm telling you. We need a truth like this tonight. I hope that you will seriously consider what plan God would have you implement in your life so that you can withstand the pressure. Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth and I thank you for how valid it is. Help us, Lord, to be sincere and sober and, and serious about implementing something in our lives that will help us to withstand the pressure. There's a lot of it, Lord, and I know there are folks in here who are facing lots of pressure. And I, I, feel, I feel for them, Lord, and I hate it for them, but, but 
at some point, they can't lean on their pastor. They can't lean on their friends. They can't lean on a church family. They have to get alone with God and say, no, discipline of mind and discipline of body have got to be the things that, that help support my renewed mind every day. And I'm going to do everything I can. Lord, we need to all make that decision. Help us to be serious about our daily walk with you, considering the pressure that we're facing. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and way in our midst tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.